You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are rocking with us on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast, and it is your host, Matt Labrie. Obviously, you probably already know that by now, but if you're new, I just wanted to make sure I'm introducing myself. And I am excited that you're joining us for this episode here today because we're joined by yet another amazing individual, one in particular individual that has drastically changed my course and my life over the past few weeks alone. And whenever I'm seeing progress in my life or things that are working, I feel very obligated to partner up or amplify those messages to you. So that's exactly why today we're joined by my friend Panash Desai. Now, Panash has a very interesting journey, one that is not conventional. In fact, obviously, you already know all of our journeys are unique, but his in particular is something that I'm really excited to be able to amplify to you right now. He grew up on the east end of London. It's not necessarily the prettiest place in the world, but he found peace in his own way, especially during his first five years of life, which was when he was living with his grandmother as both of his parents were working. She, in particular, had an amazing meditation room, which introduced that practice to him, and that ended up being his calling in life. Although he did drift from it at times, he found himself in the underground club scene, the nightlife scene, dabbling with music, which he was successful with. In fact, he has a very amazing story that he's going to share with us today on this episode, so I don't want to give too much away, but now I see Panache as this amazing individual who has, you know, national best-selling books. He's worked with Oprah and beyond, and today he's here to work with all of us. So with that said, I'm not going to give too much away, but one thing I do want to urge you to do is make sure that you share this episode because anyone that is developing and flourishing into the individual that they're becoming, which at the end of the day is rather effortless, as you will hear in this episode, because what's meant to happen is going to happen regardless, but I want to make sure that you're sharing this so that you can give those individuals, those ones that strive for more and more in life, the satisfaction and the peace that comes with knowing that it will happen if it is meant to be. It comes down to accepting. So I want to make sure that you're sharing this episode. Please, please make sure you're sharing this. Send it to your Instagram stories. Tag Panache and myself. We'll make sure to repost it to the best of our abilities. Throw it up in your group chats, your social media accounts, whatever you got to do, amplify this message. I promise you it's one that you most definitely will want to do. On top of that, this episode is brought to you by our amazing partnership with Acadium. As remote work continuously buds, we see a lot of companies shifting to remote work for God knows how long. Remote work is huge. And with that said, I want to provide you with the opportunity to add remote workers to your team, to your projects, whether you're an entrepreneur, a speaker, a podcaster, an author, someone that manages social media accounts, Acadium has teamed up with us here at Decoding Success to be able to provide you all with the opportunity to host an intern for the next 90 days at a very effective and affordable rate. So with that said, you could check that out through the link in the show notes of this episode, as well as all of Panache's and offerings. So now without further ado, we bring to you our friend Panache Desai. Panache, I need to express my gratitude for you out of the gate. Really excited to have you here. But even bigger than that, what you've been doing during this global pandemic, I think is extremely powerful with your daily meditations, your daily activations, giving away tools and tips through email, um, which I've became a huge fan of. And I'm really excited to be able to have you here, amplify your message some more. So thank you for joining us today. 
Oh, it's great to be with you, my friend. Thanks for thanks for having this wonderful platform and a warm welcome to everyone joining us from all over the world. Of course, of course. Now, we always kick this show off with the same question, and I'm really curious to hear how you will respond to this from your perspective and from your experiences as I think that you are very enlightened. So I'm curious, how do you personally define success? Peace. Peace. I've, you know, I came from East London. East London was basically like a jungle when I was growing up. Right. So all of, all of my friends were making choices and decisions that weren't necessarily in alignment with their hearts. Let's just call it that. Sure. And uh, we didn't have gangs. We had homeowners associations. So we basically <laughs> just divided up London by postal code. And uh, so they were making decisions that they had to in order to take care of their families and uh, were living from survival. Right. And so I grew up in an environment where the dominant energy and experience was one of survival. And eventually, as I began to return to the spirituality of my, my youth, my childhood, actually, I began to realize that it's that hustle that eventually becomes our liability. Uh, when I look at the landscape of those people that I knew back then, most of them aren't even alive anymore. You know, their, 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 their lives have been fundamentally destroyed because there's a shelf life to that way of being. And as I have kind of moved into this world and had the pleasure of meeting some of the most successful people on the planet and mentoring them personally, what I've discovered is that you can accumulate everything in the world that there is to accumulate. But if you don't have a sense of peace in yourself, you can't enjoy any of it. Right. There's not a moment of enjoyment in any of it. And so I've seen success modeled in holistic ways, in, in, in ways that are balanced, where people haven't had to destroy their whole lives in order to have something. And then I've seen success modeled in ways where people have left a trail of carnage in their wake in the form of broken relationships, failed marriages, children that weren't nurtured and loved, as well as huge uh, impact on their health and well-being uh, in the accumulation of that success. And so if it isn't based on a platform of peace, it isn't success. It's not sustainable. Right. I love that. And I really appreciate the way you elaborated on that. And instantly you piqued a, you know, a thought in my mind or a question in my mind, really, you know, you talk about survival and how the individuals you grew up around back in London at that point in your life were in that survival mode in a way. And you said that the shelf life for that is very short, right? It's not long. It's not long lasting. So what are the keys or the tips or the tricks to be able to transition from a survival mode to more of like, you know, going from survive to thrive really? So what we have to do is understand that that's a product of our inner environment and that we have the capacity to consciously create that internal environment every day. And so the more we realize that our feeling is influencing our biology and it's influencing in turn our state of being, right? And then in turn influencing our reality, the more we begin to tap into a secret that every great innovator, entrepreneur, and mogul tapped into since the beginning of time they at some point realized that their hustle was a liability. They began to then explore more conscious, holistic ways of creating sustainable growth and expansion. And those avenues came into being through the recognition that when you change your energy, you change your life. When you actually shift out of fear and you begin to move into conscious states of love, acceptance, and uh, joy, you're able to all of a sudden influence your biology. You can literally shift your biology. You can shift your internal state. And that internal state can remain consistent irrespective of what's happening outside of you. So for example, when I'm mentoring Wall Street traders, it's high pressure, like they're all in, right? It's, it's boom or bust. 
right? Right. How do you how do you continue to function at that level by maintaining an inner environment of peace and harmony in the midst of all of the noise and all of the all of the stuff that's going on around you? Why? Because the more you're able to remain peaceful and calm and create that internal environment of peace and calm, you know when to exit the trade. You know when to you know when to enter, right? You're not all of a sudden giving away all of your earnings for the year. Right. Right. So, so you're able to then consciously respond instead of react. And so this evolution or this maturing out of survival is pivotal for any entrepreneur, anyone in business, anyone in finance or investment, anyone who's up to creating a sustainable platform of growth that has the potential to be multi-generational has to undergo this transformation. I agree, man. I agree. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, we're, we're here to be able to amplify this because I feel like over the course of the past three or four weeks, I've been having an awakening, especially utilizing the tools and, and the tips and the tricks that you're sharing on a daily basis. And I, I'm not even just saying that for brownie points, like literally just tuning into the 9am Eastern Standard Time meditation daily has drastically changed my days. And I'm grateful for that. But I want to talk more about your journey so that we can kind of connect the dots here. We know where yeah. you're at now, but you kind of, you know, you already talked to us about it in a way, you know, you talked about uh, East End London, right? Um, Wasn't the the prettiest place in the world, but there was a very pretty place from what I remember reading about your story. And that was with, I believe your grandmother um, and and her meditation room. So I'm curious if you could walk us through your journey so we can amplify that and get people up to tune here. Yes. My, um, my, the first five years of my life was spent with my grandmother and I was very fortunate. Uh, My mom and dad were at work. And so my grandmother raised me. And I was born into a very spiritual household. And so what we know now from Bruce Lipton's work and many other incredible people that are out in the world that are doing this evidence-based research and what ancient yogis and mystics have known for millennia, that what happens in the first seven years really defines you, it becomes pivotal. Mm. And so for me, I spent the first five in a meditation room, literally. So when we talk about the call to calm, like it's just natural for me. Why? Because it's just an extension of who I am, right? It's authentically who I am. And so my journey began in this meditation room and every day she'd chant, she'd meditate, she'd light incense. She was very devotional and uh, was just an amazing human, very service oriented. And uh, she's really the, the reason why I am who I am today in so many ways. And, uh, and as with all things, uh, as you move through life, all of a sudden there's a moment in life where you don't feel safe anymore, where survival enters your experience. And from that moment, you begin to create this created self, this identity, and it's all based in fear. And from that moment on, you lose that innocence, that connection, right? That playful childlike way of being some trauma happens or some programming or conditioning or something happens, your need isn't met in some way. And then there's this kind of fissure that happens internally. And as a result of that fissure, we then go go on through living through life, feeling like we're not enough, right? feeling like there's something missing, feeling there's a fundamental disconnect. And then we do whatever we can to try and distract ourselves from that suffering. And we even try and success our way out of that suffering and it doesn't work. And so my journey then went on through, through life, uh, through school, through everything. I was very empathic, very sensitive. People having experiences around me that I couldn't understand, I couldn't explain. People would just come to see me and their lives would just get better. And uh, I kind of became everyone's good luck charm, right? It's like when I was around, nothing bad would happen to anybody. So everyone would just always have me with them. And uh, I, I was navigating my way through being empathic, being sensitive, dealing with this gift that I had that I want nothing to do with. And uh, it was increasingly having a harder and harder time because when we don't feel like we're enough, we start to pretend, we start to live a lie, 
right? right? So we're looking for external approval and acceptance and we're turning ourselves inside out for someone else. And that person was my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather moved to London, uh, had three pounds in his pocket, five kids, uh, started an insurance business and went on to do very well for himself. And so when it was my turn to go to university, I wanted to study philosophy, uh, but my grandfather said, well, what are you going to do with that? Why don't you do law and business studies? Because if you're Indian, if you're not a lawyer or in finance, or at that point, software engineering wasn't even a thing. But if you weren't doing something business related or a doctor, you're basically a failure. So. Right. So I relented out of respect for my grandfather and I was miserable, bro. Like I was going through life, living this lie and we're all living that lie right now. We're all showing up for someone else. We're doing things for other people. We're looking for acceptance and approval outside of ourselves. And the more we do that, the more we suffer. And this was getting louder and louder inside of me. And also right around that time, uh, I discovered music, underground music and uh, in the uk so what we do is we hijack the fm dial those of you that remember the fm dial the good old days uh, on the far <laughs> left hand side and the far right hand side we would hijack the fm dial because we have this huge tradition of pirate radio in the uk and pirate radio was almost like the people's radio it was like we, we were listening to drum and bass and jungle and house and garage and two-step and it piqued my curiosity and i got involved in music and so I went from the spiritual environment of the meditation room to all of a sudden discovering music and being on pirate radio, having my own radio show, doing raves, performing in front of thousands of people and, uh, and being involved in that whole scene. The only issue with it was it was very dangerous because the best music, as in the early days of hip hop, were in underground clubs. And typically there's a very heavy criminal element there and people were resolving issues in the club. And so it's a very dangerous place to be more often than not. Right. And uh, this one night, end up in this club in Brixton. Before we get there, there'd been a shooting, had no idea. Uh, we roll up, we're in there. Next thing, there's another little altercation that happens and the guns come out. And the Metropolitan Police Department surrounds the club. <laughs> and they won't come in because they don't want to risk having a hostage situation or a shootout. Sure. So basically, uh, I'm now in the midst of this situation and I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, I, first of all, I'm living a lie. This is crazy. And this whole thing was being broadcast on TV. Like my parents are at home watching this on television, right? It was national news. And uh, I come out of it and I'm just like, I'm done. Like whatever this is, I'm done with it. I'm not happy. I'm not being true to myself. I've got to get back to that spirituality of my childhood. And that's when I sat down with my mom and said, mom, listen, you know what? I'm living a lie. I'm miserable. I can't even stand the degree that I'm doing. I don't recognize who I am. I have to go and live like a monk for six months. Mm. And this is how my return into the whole spiritual world began. You know, I literally went from the spiritual uh, meditation room to like the streets back to the, back to this spirituality. And that was the whole evolutionary cycle of how this expression came into being. Well, it's really powerful. And I think one thing that I have to ask out of the gate here is just, you know, you kind of had an experience that brought you back to who you are like who you are in a deeper sense, right? Like, mm. do we have to like hit rock bottom in a sense to be able to get back there? Is there a way to identify it before? I mean, it didn't necessarily sound like you hit rock bottom in, in that regard, but um, there are many individuals, including myself, who have may you know may have hit a very low point to realize like, oh shit, like I need to bounce back and get back to who I am truly. Get you know, be more aligned in life. I think that we're just not paying attention to how we feel, right? Mm. Like, like for example, if you're waking up and you're not happy and you're waking up and you're not peaceful and you're not really resonating with your life, you don't really have anything in common with anything in your life, that's right. your indication. 
right? Like we're just not paying attention to how we feel. And the bigger issue is that we're distracting ourselves from those uncomfortable feelings because we've been conditioned to believe that in some way, shape or form, those feelings are wrong or bad, or they mean something about us, right? When they don't, they're just feelings. And so what happens is all of these things become deeply repressed or suppressed in the unconscious. And transformation is the liberation of that repressed emotion at the level of the unconscious and suppressed memory, because that's where all of our potential is. Like at the moment you become aware of the fact that there's something not quite right. And there's something that, you know, isn't in harmony at that point, you're already way deep into whatever you're into. Right. right? So the conscious part's always the last part to catch up, right? We're always conscious at the, at the last point in our evolution. So for me, it was just like, listen, I don't want the two by four version of this, right? It starts as a whisper. Then, then, then it becomes a scream. Then someone tries to talk to you, then it becomes a scream. And then you get the two by four. I did not want the two by four version of this lesson. I was done. And so at that point I just said, listen, I'm out. And, um, and I, and I had to get back to that feeling. And so for me and for, for every single person, the degree to which you are not being yourself is a degree to which you're suffering. Right. Right. And, and the only real commodity is time, bro. Like we can't get it back, man. Like you can't get your time back. So if you're not waking up with a certain degree of happiness, and you're not waking up with a certain degree of peace and fulfillment and going to bed at least moderately grateful for your life, then there's something that you need to look at. Because that to me is an indication that you're just going through the motions and in some way, shape or form, you're living your life for other people, looking for the acceptance and approval of other people. And the kicker is it's never going to come. No matter who you do, no matter how much you turn yourself inside out, no matter how much you deviate from who you are in order to appease someone else or make someone else happy, the love and acceptance and approval that you're looking for is never going to come because they don't love and accept and approve of themselves. Mm. So it's all an inside job, right? And thankfully for me, I realized that because I had that formative experience of spirituality and I'd live this kind of spiritual life, right? Even though I'd got involved in music and all that, like it was still very spiritual for me, even when I was in music. You know, we, we all get together, feel, the, feel that oneness or that commonality of people from all different walks of life being together in a, in a, in a space, having a shared experience, right? Which right. is in some ways what Call to Calm is now. You know, it's like people from all walks of life coming together, having a shared experience of peace and of harmony and of, of radical inclusivity. Right. And so um, it doesn't have to get loud. You don't have to hit bottom. You just have to be aware and awake and pay attention to the feedback that you're getting from inside of you about the life that you're living. That's so powerful. And I just want to point out another thing. I resonate with you on a super high level. Uh, I was in nightlife here in New York City for seven years. Ah, cool. um, from about 17 to 24, my buddies and I, we, we threw some massive events here. And we're, we're literally right in the five boroughs. So uh, I had my dabble with that stuff too. And it is fun, but it could definitely, um, you know, lead you some, you know, down some dark paths. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, I love that. I love that. And I appreciate you, you know, elaborating on that some more. But you know, you talk about the fact that you had the the early years, um, you know, those first five years of your life, you were introduced to a very calm state. Now, what if someone didn't have that experience at a very early stage, right? And they want to awaken now, but they just, they, they can't relate to that. What's your, what's your advice there? So the first thing is that what we have to do is realize that who we are as we are isn't the problem. Let's just start right. there. Right. It's a newsflash for most of you, but let's just start with this truth. Who you are as you are right now, isn't the problem. It's actually the solution. And here's why I'm saying this to you, because everything in nature has been designed perfectly as have you. 
every experience that you've had in your life, all that you are at the level of your humanity is exactly how you're meant to be. So here's where it becomes an issue when we don't accept who we are at the level of our humanity. So when I wrote my first book, Discovering Your Soul Signature, it's a journey out of fear into love. And the reason why I took people on this 33-day adventure into accepting themselves and then loving themselves was because I realized that we were fundamentally rejecting aspects of our humanity. And in doing so, we were distancing ourselves from our potential. The more we accept ourselves, the more we learn to welcome who we are, welcome how we're feeling, welcome our thoughts, welcome our physical state of being, whatever it is, the more we return to this peace, the more we're able to cultivate consciously this state of connection. So the blessing is that you don't have to be born, you know, from the get-go into peace and into this state of connection. Why? Because it's your natural state of being. And the very second you start to work with your design and start to accept who you are, you'll begin to uncover that piece. And, and I've seen that literally happen in people who weren't spiritual at all, who had no basis of spiritual practice, who were just new and just, and just tired of the anxiety, tired of the depression, or, or they'd gotten to a place where they had everything in the world and they were miserable, which is the right. worst feeling in the world because there's nowhere left for you to go, Right people that were riddled with addiction or making choices that were unconscious or just living in these loops of like dating the same person over and over again in a different body, right? Or get to right, a certain right. point in their business and then failing. So how we break free of that is by beginning to recognize that who we are is the solution. We're not the problem. And that even though we may have been invalidated by people outside of us, we no longer need to invalidate ourselves. And that's where soul signature transitioned to you are enough because I realized after doing this for 21 years with people, I saw that there was one commonality that people were struggling with. That they didn't feel like they were enough, bro. Like every addiction, every single thing that they were doing in their life, they were doing because they didn't feel like they were enough. In some way, shape or form, life had convinced them. They'd been programmed and conditioned into believing that they weren't enough. And they were on this mission every day to prove that they were. Right. And so how we evolve beyond it is by getting to a point where we realize that we have an inherent value in our humanity. What we're doing is just what we're doing, right? But who we are is valued, who we are is loved, who we are is accepted minimally, like we're okay. And the more we can meet ourselves with that acceptance and that love, the more we can uncover the truth that we're enough, that we're more than enough, that we've always been enough. And then when you build a business on that platform, when you start to build your life on that foundation, there's no limit anymore. Right. Now, what if you do all of this work to uncover what you feel like you, you should be doing in life, right? And it comes to you, but you resist it because it's not what you want. Like you talk about feeling the anxieties and the stresses mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Like what happens if I magically today just feel like, all right, Matt, like you are to just become a construction worker, but that's not what I want to do with my life. You know, like I'm resisting that. Obviously I'm going to face some turbulence because I'm resisting it. Like, is there any way to like get around that to, to do what you want? Or is it just like, Hey, like this is your destiny. You have to do it. So I've resisted being me my whole life. I'm a professional. Like I, I am the most reluctant messenger in the world, bro. Like I am the last person that I would imagine in my mind leading these meditations every morning to over 10,000 people from all over the world. Not me. It's not, <laughs> it's not right. So, so I've resisted every single facet of my life and yet here I am. Right. And why is that? Because I'm on this amazing journey, right. Of, of, of coming into this loving acceptance of myself. 
Right. And so what we have to recognize, first of all, is that we're on this amazing journey. We're on this amazing path. Like I don't have any FOMO because you can't miss out on what's meant for you, right? Like every single thing that's meant to come into life is going to come into your life. So at that point, do that which fills your heart with joy. Do that which fills your heart with peace, right? Like I love being of service. Like it's easy for me. I love it. Like I'm hardwired for service. Right. I'm hardwired for contribution. We all are. Right. And I've also realized at an early age that my life isn't about me. My life is about how many people I can support, love and Mm. uplift throughout the course of my life. Right. So there's a different level of appreciation. There's a different level of fulfillment that I'm experiencing. Right. And so how do we get there? We get there again by recognizing, first of all, you can't mess it up. You can't fail. That ultimately your work, your vocation, your career is a natural extension of you. It's as natural as watching Roger Federer play tennis. Now, did he have to train? Absolutely. But when he plays tennis, he makes it look effortless. Why? Because he had an innate ability. So there are three main factors. There has to be a passion, right? There has to be a legitimate uh, level of skill in that area. And the market has to determine if there's any value. Right. right. Those are the three main things. Right. But it starts with the passion. It starts with that passion. Like anyone I meet that's starting a business, why do they get involved in that business? Because they want to be of service. Right. Why are they getting involved in that? Because they want to love people. They want to, they want to cre- innovate and create new ways to be of service. Right. So what business calls adding value, I just call loving people. It's not mm-hmm. rocket science. The more people you love, And the more people you support, the side effect of that is that you get to experience this quote unquote thing called success, right? But it's not the primary focus. It's the side effect of you being yourself and showing up every day. So when I meet entrepreneurs and I meet people that are in in the world, the first question is, okay, well, what have you done up until now? Because what you've done up until now isn't wasted. Let's figure out what you've done up until now. And, and how that has contributed to you being who you are in this moment. And here's why. Because when we actually look back, we'll start to find all these jigsaw pieces and then we'll put the puzzle together. But it begins with, first of all, taking a look and saying, all right, where have I come from? What have I gone through? So for example, with me, like you might think that the rave scene has nothing to do with spirituality. Great. I can be in front of, in front of thousands of people and talk. Not an issue for me. That's the gift that it gave me. It right. also showed me that the world can come together in a shared experience. So, so every single thing that we go through is necessary. We just don't look at it that way. We're not seeing it as a, as a, as a moment that we have to gather up together to see the whole picture. So I would say to people, what is it that you've done historically? What is it that you love doing? What makes you happy? Like what makes you wake up in the morning excited? That's the thing. That's the thing. And if, and if it's service and if it's love and if it saves time, because when you look at it, we're living in, a, in an economy and in a world where saving time has value, right? Uber delivers you the illusion of saving time. You could probably get in a yellow cab faster, but you have the illusion of saving time. You hit the app, call the Uber, boom, right? right. Same thing with Airbnb, whatever, right? So, so it's the illusion of saving time, but whatever saves time has value because time is the only commodity. Right. So when you look back at your past experiences, what is it that I have done that saves people time? How can I save people time? How can I be of service? Right. So for, for example, for you, I'm a shortcut for you into peace. Right. hundred percent. I'm a shortcut. Right. And in that same way, like you're a shortcut for people, right. Into different things. And that's who we are for each other. 
right? And that's the magic of this. Definitely. I love that. Panash, what's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? I, I bring that up because I could talk to you all day at this point. I, I just looked at the time. I realized we've been running for 30 minutes. It doesn't even feel like it because it's just, I have a million and one questions for you. So, um, you know, I'm sure you do podcasts. I'm sure you've, you know, you've had plenty of press over the course of your career. Like what's a question you wish more people would ask you? I think that, I think that the, 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 the main question that, that matters to me is what does it really take in order for us to truly be fulfilled? Mm. You know, what does it actually truly take in order for us to be fulfilled? And I have to tell you, man, this this time of COVID and uncertainty and financial upheaval, all this stuff that's going on has really brought that question not, in, not only into the forefront of my life, but into the forefront of everyone's life. Right. Because what is it that we need? It's very simple. Like if you're like me, you have a celery juice in the morning, cup of tea, you have some kind of oatmeal, <laughs> you have some kind of lunch, and then basically you're done, right? That's it. So what do we actually need? If we can actually just get clear about what we actually need in any given day, then we can operate from an absence of need. And the mm. person who operates in the world from an absence of need has all of the leverage. I have people walking into business meetings, not needing to do the deal. They can walk out in any moment because they know who they are. They understand what their value is. And that individual has all of the leverage. When you know who you are, when you understand your value, when you understand your worth, the biggest gift that you have is being able to walk away from things that don't resonate with you because you don't need them. That's huge. That's huge. I love this, man. I absolutely love this. So, one thing I hear you speak about in the 30 minute track that you have that you sent out via email, which I absolutely love. It's a nice up-tempo beat. You have yeah. some affirmations going, dude, like I'm on my bike. I am crushing it when I'm listening wanna, to this. Do you want a quick inside fact about that track? Please, let's hear it. The guy who produced that track produced Millie Vanilli. No way. Yeah, man. He's German. He was a German uh, producer and he actually produced Millie Vanilli. It's not that much of huge. a claim to fame, but nonetheless, I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> so one thing you talk about in the track or, or maybe it was in a meditation, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but you mentioned stress being a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about that because there are times where, I mean, listen, I'm a business owner. I have a podcast. I, I like to put a lot of shit on my plate all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. just here when, you know, you, you were just discussing COVID at the beginning of COVID here in New York city, we raised over $10,000 to feed frontline workers. Like I love throwing stuff on my plate, but at the mm-hmm. same time, sure it stresses me out so like how is stress a good thing how do I channel it how do we channel it to um, be a positive versus a negative in our mindset so stress is great because stress means you're bumping up against the edge of your comfort zone and you're about Mm. to have a breakthrough distress is not good (laughs) right okay so I want to clarify what that means so basically a certain amount of stress is required in order for evolution to occur Right. right a certain amount of stress pushes you out of your comfort zone, creates innovation, creates movement, okay? But when you are living under the constant conditions of stress, that's when your body breaks down, you have adrenal fatigue, you have all kinds of physical issues and ailments that begin to arise, okay? So there's a natural stress that arises as a part of growth and expansion, 
right? But it's this manufactured environment of stress that we're perpetually living under that is the root cause of all major illnesses, uh, the breakdown of relationships, the breakdown of our financial um, freedom, the breakdown of everything, right? It's corrosive. And, and, the, and the qualifying factor is that stress is naturally occurring, right? Like, for example, when you're at the gym, you're working out, you're stressing your muscles, right? right? It's what you're doing, right? And what does that do? It, it promotes growth. It promotes strength, right? It promotes expansion, right? But it's the constant environment of being in that fight or flight and not being able to switch it off that's the killer. How do you switch it off? Come to call to calm, right? Get to that place of peace, you know, like get to that place of calm, like figure out how to create that internal environment of peace, right? Get to that place. See, when COVID began, like I'd gone through enough iterations of crisis to know that people immediately would need to be able to return to calm on demand. Why? Because not only were they dealing with uh, this threat of COVID, so so boosting their immune system happens through returning to calm and peace on demand, right? So that was great. And then the second part of it was all of this financial upheaval was also, so when we were looking, we were getting on two fronts. We were getting the physical threat of this illness, right? That was, had a lot of ambiguity attached to it at the beginning. We didn't know what we were dealing with. And then the financial upheaval, people getting laid off, people having to make changes in their businesses, all kinds of stuff. And so when you look at that, what is that? That's all survival-based energy. It's all about survival. So the more we can remain calm, the more we're able to respond to what we need to respond to. And so you can shift your inner state, you can shift your feeling, you can shift who you are. And in doing so, you begin to shift your experience of your life. And then you're empowered because no matter what's going on outside of you, you know that peace is always an option, right? You, You realize that peace is your superpower, really. For it, like, 100%, honestly, yeah. like it is your superpower. Like the more you're able to come back to peace, the more you're able to advocate on behalf of what's in the highest and best. Definitely. Now, what is your advice to someone that comes to these meditations or, you know, maybe they're meditating on their own and they want to make sure they're focused, right? Because it's one thing to tune into a meditation for 21 minutes, but at the same time, if you're not there mentally and you're just, you know, listening, letting things go in one ear out the other, you have monkey mind, like how do you calm that to make sure you're getting in the right state beforehand to make sure the experience is exactly what it needs to be for you? So for me, meditation had to evolve at a certain point. Like we had to get out of the dark room with the incense and the candle and start being able to bring that state of being into our lives. And this is how living breath awareness came into being. Mm. For me, resting in the awareness of our breath puts us in a meditative state, right? So I have people doing this right now all over the world. They're in business meetings or in high pressure situations. Some of them are in multinational corporations. They don't have the time to, excuse me, I need to go meditate. They don't have the time to do that. They need to be able to access peace on demand, right? So how do we do that? By becoming aware. So what is meditation? Meditation is just focused attention. Right. And where's the most powerful place to focus that attention in the moment? Where is our breath only ever happening in the moment? So the more we rest in the awareness of our breath, the more we transform our life into a living meditation. So I have transformed meditation into a dynamic practice, right? Where you're able to do it with your eyes open. And so when you show up to call to calm, 
just come ready. Just come curious. Just come with an open heart. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to figure it out. Just show up. We're going to love on you and you're going to start to get it right. That you can just begin to become aware of your breathing and that in any moment in becoming aware of your breathing, you'll start to notice a shift in your state of being like any stress or tension that's there, any overwhelm that's there, right? Any unresolved emotional stuff that's there will begin to naturally find a way to move through you, come into harmony. And by the time you're done, you're going to feel like you've just left the best massage that you've ever had because you're going to be completely chilled out and peaceful, right? And this is how you then get to meet the day, right? The other blessing, brother, is consistency. Like the more we do it, the more we show up, the more we're entraining ourselves to operate in that way. 100%. So for me, come as you are, right? Leave peaceful. Do that every day. I mean, we've been at it now for 108 days in a row. Right. I'm so happy. Right. We're building the momentum of this. And for people that listen to this feeling like you're missing out on something, you're not. All of them are on YouTube. All of them are available on Instagram and Facebook. Go there, watch the replays, begin to get in touch with what's available to you. You really can return to your natural state of being, which is peace and be empowered to live your life from that place. And if you can do that, you're the most successful person in the world. Definitely. Now I'm going to make sure that all of your social handles, the website where all of the programs are, that's how I was able to get in contact with you and sign up for these programs as well. I'm going to make sure all of that's in the show notes, but I'm really curious about that book behind you, the you are enough, right? Um, If someone wanted to pick up that book today, but they could only take away one thing from it, right? If they read this entire book front to back, however many times, and they're only allowed to take away one thing, what do you want that one thing to be and why? You are loved exactly the way you are. You are loved exactly the way you are. And why? Because I just saved you 50 years of your life. Meaning what? In trying to prove that you're lovable. In trying mm. to prove that you're good enough and trying to this connects to what you said earlier. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like, like, so this is how we shortcut it. When you start to live from this feeling of being enough and you realize that you're loved the way you are, then you don't need it from outside of you. You realize that you're the source of it. Even in a relationship, you begin to realize that you're projecting your love onto someone else, but you're the source of the love. You're the mm. source of everything. So once you get this part, you begin to realize that you have the ability to influence your state of being. You have the ability to influence your brain, your mind, your life in every possible way. Talk to me more about that. And I don't mean to cut you off, but talk to me more about that relationship aspect you just mentioned. You know, uh, I'm really curious to, to, I I always want to be the best and I can be in my relationship. So um, I'm curious what you meant by that. So the degree to which we're able to be with ourselves and love ourselves and accept and embrace ourselves is the degree to which we're able to be with another person, right? Mm. So what's happening in most traditional relationship dynamics is that people are projecting their love onto other people because they don't feel good enough. They don't feel valued in who they are. So they project their love that they have in themselves onto another person. And I've gone through this like a few times when, when a relationship uh, falls apart, you think the love's gone away. You, you were mistakenly led to believe that you were experiencing that love because of the other person. It was never about the other person. That love that you were feeling was always inside of you, right? right? So this comes back to, again, realizing that we're the source of our experience, right? That we're self-enclosed units of experience. That when you're feeling love inside of you, the love that you're feeling is you. Nobody can make you feel anything that you don't already have inside of you right? So just as much as that works for love, when you're in a relationship, you start getting frustrated and upset. Guess what? That's your frustration and upset. It has nothing to do with the other person. 
And what this does is it fundamentally overhauls the way you live your life because you stop living your life from the outside in and you start living your life from the inside out. Right. And that's your freedom is when you realize that you have the ability to determine your state of being and that your state of being doesn't have to be influenced by anything outside of you. You are free. At that point, you are completely free. People can come and go out of your life. Relationships can begin and end. No matter what's going on, you're on your disc. You're on your square. Like you're completely in your peace, right? And in your harmony in yourself because you realize that you're the source of the whole thing. That's beautiful, man. That's so beautiful. So I want to respect your time, Panache. I do have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, go for it. I've got a little time in the world for you. Go ahead. Oh, don't tell me that, man. We'll be here all day. No, no. Go (laughs) ahead. Tell me. So on the way out of these interviews, we, we asked three questions and, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for this interview because I feel like a lot of these points are resonating with what I'm personally going through um, in my journey right now. And I know a lot of people that tune into this show, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of people that were striving to be their best will be able to resonate, you know, with what you're saying as well. But getting back to your journey, what do you feel like was the best piece of advice you were given? Why was it given to you? Who gave it to you, et cetera? So I had a conversation once with a monk, a Buddhist monk. And uh, as a part of the Buddhist teaching, there's this whole concept of the middle path. And uh, I said, listen, this whole middle path thing feels very narrow to me. Like, how is it that human being is supposed to live on this middle path? He started laughing so loud, whacked me on my back. He was having a good old time. He was having this huge giggle, right? All of a sudden he stopped in the middle of this. He said, Panache, he said, make the middle path so big that you can never fall off. Mm cultivate such a loving and all-inclusive relationship with your life that no matter where you are, you're at peace in yourself. No matter where you are, you feel love in yourself. No matter where you are, you feel at home in yourself. Why? Because you get to determine your experience. Make the middle path so big that you can never fall off of it. That no matter how you show up, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, who's around you, you're able to be anchored in the experience of who you really are. That's so powerful. Now, what about the reverse of that, right? Like what is a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but Hey, maybe it ended up proving to be true over time. What are you going to do with a philosophy degree? Maybe you should study law and business studies. And uh, (laughs) that was the advice that my grandfather gave me. Right. Right. And, and also for me, uh, the greater blessing that came out of it was that actually had I not gone to that level of trying to make him happy, right? And trying to, and trying to make him be proud of me, right? There's no way that I would have gotten to that point of finally having that moment of vulnerability with my mom. Like I wouldn't be here today. Right. Sure. So, so that's the blessing. That's, that's the one piece of thing of advice that maybe I should not have listened to, but I'm right. grateful that I did listen to it anyway. Definitely. Definitely. So now I, you've given us a ton of advice thus far. So this may be repetitive at this point, but I'm curious if you were hopping on stages, you know, doing speaking engagements, hopping on podcasts, doing your, you know, your activations and all things like that. If you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would that be? Accept everything. Accept everything. That is hard to do though. <laughs> Accept everything because everything that's playing out in your life is you. In oneness, in this state of connection, you realize, man, we're living in a simulation. This whole thing is a giant simulation. And that every single person is mirroring back to you, either who you are on a conscious level or who you are on an unconscious level. But Mm. either way, it's all you, bro. And at that point, no matter what it is that you're being shown in the mirror, accept it. End your resistance to it. 
the more you're able to lovingly accept whatever is being reflected back to you, the more empowered you become, the freer you become, the happier you become, the more inclusive you become, the more you're able to innovate, the more you're able to excel, the more you're able to all of a sudden expand in every possible conceivable way. Right. Realize that we are living inside of this simulation, this illusion, this Maya, whatever you want to call it, and that every single person is you. Every single person is you. Everything that you see is you. Accept everything. Accept it all. Just try it for one day. Just do me a favor. Just try it for one day. Try it for an hour. Just try it for five minutes, right? Give it a try. Don't take my word for it. For five minutes, for an hour, expand that time over the course of, uh, as you get more and more empowered in it. But just embrace everything. Embrace everything. That's powerful, man. I love it. I absolutely love it, Panache. Now, uh, as mentioned, I want to respect your time here. I'm going to make sure all of your social links, the websites, all that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode. But I actually want to do something different here. I I mean, obviously, I give the floor to all of our guests. But do you have anything that was not said that maybe you want to say or um, any projects you got going on that you want to, you know, make us aware of beyond everything we've already talked about? I just want everyone to know that you don't need to be fixed, you don't need to be healed, you don't need to be changed, and you don't need to be improved. It's time that you be empowered to work with the version of yourself that you were born to be. Mm. Once you can start to relax into who you were born to be, into who you are naturally, all of a sudden you realize that life supports you, that life isn't adversarial. You don't have to overcome something, you don't have to prove anything, that you being who you are is enough, and that from that place, you can start to experience asymmetric growth in every area of your life. I can't wait to show you who you are beyond the programming and the conditioning. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Panache, thank you again, man, for hopping on here. truly means the world to be able to amplify this. And, um, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm staying connected to you and I'm going to make sure that we're amplifying this message to make sure more and more people are connecting to everything you got going on. So thank you again, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. I love you very much. Love awesome, everyone that's tuning in. Thanks, people. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from my guy, Panache Desai. Now, I've already urged you to share this very powerful and valuable message, but one other thing that I want to do is to urge you to re-listen to this, right? It's so freaking powerful, and I want to make sure that we're continuously grasping all of the facts, all of the amazing insights and experiences from Panache. On top of that, I also want to urge you to make sure you're connecting with him. You could do so through the show notes of this episode where you'll find all of his social links, his websites, take part in the daily free meditation that goes down 9am Eastern Standard Time. I'm there. I'm in there every single morning, even on the weekends. And I'm building this habit of showing up more and more for myself to be the best version, to step into the person that I'm truly meant to become. So with that said, all of that good stuff is available to all of you. Make sure you're connecting with Panache, share this episode, re-listen to this episode. You could find all of my social links if you haven't already connected with me in the show notes of this episode as well. And until next time, everyone be blessed. Peace.